The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Blehan Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Khalid for over 95 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1953, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today is Father's Day, a day proclaimed to celebrate fathers across the nation. Coming from the eyes of a child, when a dad puts his best forward for his family, the child is just thrilled to wait for daddy to return home from his daily labors, to keep a roof over their heads and food on the table. Having a dad who loves and cares for them fills the child's heart with joy, peace, and happiness. And thus our church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, expresses that love of a child through the song, My Daddy. Edith Matsuki will accompany the choir on the piano, Rose Bahaker on the organ. Words will be provided for your singing enjoyment, so do sing along. <laughs> 
Taking center stage will be our church band under the direction of yours truly to play that captivating favorite entitled He. And who is that He? Why, our Lord Jesus Christ, of course.
Our soloist for this morning is Christy Hahn with a song which expresses our heart's great joy and love for our Savior Jesus Christ, our Lord who has saved our soul, who leads us and who guides us throughout our entire lives to the very end. There is no other like Him, nor will there ever be. Her song is entitled, There Is Someone. Christy will be accompanied by yours truly on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Iris Locke on the drums, and Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Pro Sr. makes it a sound of senior on the guitars. Someone who really cares 
call upon our church choir to sing their final number for the day entitled Daddy Sang Bass.
And now we call upon a group of talented ukulele players, Diana, Dion, and Dean Carrillo Jr. to grace us with an inspiring rendition of My Father Watches Over Me. Coming up next will be our faithful vocal group, the Jubilees, under the direction of Emilia Hahn with an inspiring and moving rendition of His Amazing Grace. They will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano, Marvin Abing on the bass, and Seneca Rose Hahn on the cello. It gives me the greatest of pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a very faithful couple in the Lord, Associate Pastor Ronald and Mrs. Sterling Hahn Jr. We pray the Lord will continue to bless and strengthen you as you press on with Jesus. There is nothing impossible with our God as we ask in faith believing in Jesus' mighty name. Have an incredible Sunday.
Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held at Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches. As services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Elverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Esperi in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Esperi in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. These weekly telecasts are especially significant to us because they allow us to opportunity to come into your homes and share the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you 
at the push, pull, or turn of a button and in the comfort of your surroundings. May the Lord bless you for taking this time to draw closer to Him by reading the Word of God with me and receiving today's sermon entitled, Honor Thy Father. Before I start on Father's Day, Mrs., I'd like to ask you, our viewers, one question. If there were a way to know that you were saved without a doubt, you'd want to know about it, wouldn't you? Well, that's great, because now I'd like to invite you to turn your attention to the gospel of the kingdom of God and see how you measure up to the word of God and how you may enter into that kingdom of God. First of all, the gospel of the kingdom of God is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Turn with me to John, the third chapter, the first of the seven verses, and see these verses slowly unfold in order for you to find out how you stand with the Lord. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Nicodemus, one of ten wealthiest men during his time, was also one of the elite in his community. Regarding the rich, the scripture tells us how hard it is for someone who has his eyes on his riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Matthew 19, 24 tells us, And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The warning is that usually the eyes are more on the wealth than on God. There is nothing wrong with wealth. It is having one's eyes on something other than the Lord that matters. This is why Jesus tells his disciples, nothing is impossible with the Lord. The eye of the needle was a small gate by which the camel had to be offloaded first and then was able to proceed through the gate on his knees. This is how we too have to come to the Lord. Nicodemus came to Jesus to find out how he might be saved. He came with his own understanding and an open heart. Let's look at the flip side of the coin for a classic example. Some years ago, an English pastor went to see a very wealthy man who was at the point of death. In giving him spiritual counsel, he asked if he might hold his hand while they prayed together. The man declined, putting his clenched fists beneath the bed covers. Shortly afterward, the elderly man breathed his last breath of life without giving any indication that he knew Jesus as his personal savior. Later, when they turned down the blankets, his hand was found clasping the key to his safety deposit box with the rigid grip of death. Once again, the truth was emphasized. The love of money is the root of all evil, and it will blind a man and warp his soul so that he will prefer the grass of a banky to the hand of Jesus Christ extended in salvation. We continue in verse 2. The same, that is Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He was calling a people out of a people for his name's sake. And right now, Jesus is calling you this morning through this telecast. Won't you give heed to him? We continue in verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Lord knew Nicodemus was born once. That's why he said he must be born again. He also knows we were born once already. That's why we continue to preach his born again message until he comes in clouds of glory to take us out of this sin-sick, devil-may-care world in which we live. Continuing in verse 4, we read, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus was blinded to the truth of what Jesus was saying. The Lord never told anyone that they must understand the word of God to be saved, nor did Jesus instruct anyone to go to school to learn about his word. It is taught to us by his Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 tells us, But with the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. We must believe. As Luke said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We continue in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. By this we know that water baptism is a must to be saved. The word Jesus uses is except. Therefore, there is no exception. Unless you meet the Lord Jesus Christ in water baptism, you are not saved. We continue in verse 6 and 7. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. There is no excuse. There shall be no wonder or doubt. In our next scripture, Peter preaches Jesus and is ready to give an altar call. Let's listen to Acts 2, 36-37. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? You should be asking yourself the same question at this time. What must I do to be saved? We continue with Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Like Peter just said, the first step to salvation is to repent. Then get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will receive the promise of the gift of the Holy Ghost. After being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, followed by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are then baptized into the body of Christ. And the only evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is to speak in the unknown language. There is no language art school that teaches this language. It is given by the Lord himself. As for 12 states, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is a clincher. God had many names throughout the Old Testament. Elohim, the lily of the valley, Jehovah, the rose of Sharon, wonderful, consular, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, and many others too numerous to mention at this time. But today, in salvation, the authorized name is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Many of my friends tell me they were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, according to Matthew 28, 19. I tell them the same things I'm telling you this morning. The titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are only titles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And according to the Word of God, we are to administer baptism in that name, Jesus, which means Savior. Colossians 3.17 tells us, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, I might add, baptism is in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let us move on to this morning's topic, Honor Thy Father. The title Father is forbidden for anyone to use as we only have one Heavenly Father. Matthew 23, 9 declares, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. The leader in the church is a pastor. The title Father speaks of authority, headship, leadership, intercession, and representation. Today's text comes from one of the Ten Commandments. We read in Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The definition of the term honor is to respect and give reverence. It also makes reference to a building, to building a good reputation or a good name for oneself. Let's get some background for Father's Day. Father's Day was started in 1910 by Mrs. John Bruce Dodd of Spokane, Washington. The purpose was to set a day aside to give honor to all fathers and show the expression of gratitude and appreciation for their roles in our lives. In 1924, President Calvin Coolidge proclaimed the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. Not much is given about this special day, so I'd like to add some information about Father. Dad was traditionally the breadwinner in the family. Times have changed so much in our economy that it takes the hard work of both mom and dad to make a living. Although in many cases, the woman now has to go out and work to help support the family, the Word of God tells us a man who doesn't support his family is worse than an infidel. Let us read in 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, the verse, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. An infidel is like an unbeliever. In other words, we men have to go to work, even though mom's income may be enough to support the family. Originally, the father of a family was a priest who represented the family, offered sacrifices for them, and acted as their instructor in matters. Came to God. Before the legal order of the priesthood was established through Moses, the father of each family was recognized as holding that high office. An example in point is that of Noah. Noah, in behalf of his household, built an altar. Abraham offered a ram in the stead of his son and was constantly erecting altars. Job, too, offered burnt offerings for his children. The father was a priest, and his business was to maintain the spiritual standard for the family. Today, we fathers pray for our families, naming them one by one unto the Lord. When your children see you praying, they will never forget that as long as they live, because they know you're praying for them. This is Father's Day, whether you endorse it or not. I further believe that Father's Day is every day for the Christian, are you the head of the family? Then your duty is to not only provide for them the temporal needs, but above all, their spiritual needs. You are to exercise authority, lead your children in the ways of the Lord, and minister at home as well. How often mother is left to train the children, teach them to pray, read to them the scriptures, and so forth. But scripturally, father should be the leader. 
What does he mean to honor thy father? We honor our father when we obey and respect him throughout his life. There may be even times where we must care for him. We thank the Lord for our godly fathers who taught us the ways of the Lord. How can a father urge his son or daughter to live a godly life? Fathers, you can do that by setting a godly example. One of the best examples to set is to bring your children to church. Notice I didn't say to send them to church. I said to bring them to church. Hebrews 10, 25 tells us not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Attendance is a must if you expect to be with the Lord when He comes. Permit my example. Many years ago, a railroad company wished to discontinue a certain line running from northwestern Colorado to Nebraska. The operation in that area was losing money. A hearing was held, and the proposal to abandon the line was formally suggested. One of the witnesses who testified for the opposition was an old farmer who pleaded that the line was a vital necessity in the area. The railway lawyer asked, how long has it been since you shipped anything on the railroad? Well, I don't know, as I ever have. How long since you've ridden on the railway, pressed the attorney? About 10 or 15 years. Then what difference does it make to you whether the line is abandoned or not? Well, said the farmer with some heat and irritation, I want you to know that I walk down almost every night to see that train go by. Many people seem to feel the same way about their attendance in church. It's a nice old familiar landmark which they miss if it were abandoned and torn down. But they do not consider it vitally necessary to themselves or their family's Christian life. Furthermore, the Lord said for the congregation to gather where he has placed his name. We read in Deuteronomy, the 12th chapter, the 5th verse, But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall he seek, and thither thou shalt come. It's not the placing of the name of Jesus upon the building that the Lord is referring to. He's referring to the doctrine which is being preached is the doctrine where you attend a doctrine of preaching Jesus? We teach those things which are directly out of the Word of God that become sound doctrine, which causes the Word of God to be without reproach. Hold your place right here and turn with me to Titus 2, 1, which says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Any other doctrine will be met with a curse. Reading Galatians, the first chapter, 8 and 9, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Jesus is the way and the truth. John 6, 32, 35 tells us, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then say they unto him, Evermore give us his bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You know the reason many people don't come and partake of this bread of life? It's because one has to have a spiritual appetite this food. Jesus was the one who came to die that we might live. He did that willingly because he loved you and me. Reading Jeremiah 15, 16, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, 
and thy words was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Someone has pointed out, you feed your body 21 times a week, whether it's hungry or not. Then why not throw your soul a bone at least once a week, even if it doesn't seem eager for food? The poor thing may be too weak from starvation to make its wants known. It is vitally important to feed your soul on the Word of God. For when the time comes, and it will, when you really need the guidance of the Word, it will be in the heart. Take the son who moved out from his father's house. He was able to come to his senses as times became hard. Also, the kind of relationship you have with your father and vice versa helps to get things back in order. What kind of relationship did he and his father have? Luke 15, 11 to 23 tells us, And he said, that Jesus, a searching man, had two sons. And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of my goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. Young man or young woman, that far country represents a place that your father does not want to see you experience as it represents a certain lifestyle which will take you down a road to destruction. Riotous living is a wild and turbulent lifestyle, most likely together with a group of people who are of the same mental and physical range. Let's continue reading in verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. There are many people who have left the faith, and if they do not return soon, they will face a life of being in want. Worse now is that they are already in spiritual want. The Word of God is food for the soul, and the soul will wither and die if not fed. When you consider how soon the Lord will return for His church, you don't have much time left. Continuing in verse 15, we read, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Notice the change in his lifestyle. When he had money, he had plenty of friends around to help him spend it. Now that he had spent all his inheritance, there were no friends to come to his aid. Let's continue in verse 16. And he would have feigned with his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. If there were just husk there, he would have gladly eaten that for food. And the husk have no corn in it. Today, it is almost commonplace to hear of people following someone into a cult because they want their ears tickled with some new doctrine. This is not a fairy tale. It's currently going on and in the news right now. We continue with verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? The only reason he came to himself was that he had been brought up right by his father who followed the word of God. The Word gave him guidance in what to do with the going get tough. But if he was following the Word of God all along, he wouldn't have gone to the place he was in. 
Verse 18, 19 tells us, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy higher servants. Before we can come to our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, we must first realize what we have done and then confess our deeds, followed by repentance. When we have sinned, realize what we have done. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord said unto them, Adam, where art thou? He knew exactly where Adam and Eve were. He wanted them to see their condition because of their disobedience. We must realize what our condition is and ask the Lord to help us with our new resolution. When a father sees his son or daughter change their life for the better, the joy he experiences is the true love of God. Hold your place with me and turn to John 3, 16 to 18 and read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Turn back to Luke 15, 20 and 22. And read with me, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. When you take that first step to come to the Savior, he will meet you halfway. After you have accepted Jesus as your Savior and water baptism, the new clothing you have on is his righteousness. After he saves your soul, he doesn't want you to be idle and just sit around. That's why he gives us the ring in our hand. It symbolizes doing his work. The new shoes he gives us is that new walk with him. All barriers have been broken down that we all may become the family of God and the household of God. Verse 23 tells us, And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found, and they began to be merry. Young man, young lady, while your dad is still living, ask him to lunch today. Show him you love and care for him. On the other hand, dads, if your sons can't take you to lunch because they are still too young to earn their own money, how about calling grandpa and taking him out with your family? What a wonderful way to keep the family together. Because the father who does things together with his family will keep his family together. Happy Father's Day. If you like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Han Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. And now to conclude our Father's Day telecast, we present our church band to play that exhilarating number, I Love Him Better Every Day.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.